You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with me, as this week we've been reading through the book of Proverbs. Today's episode, we look at evangelism, or how to share the gospel good news of Jesus Christ from Proverbs. Now, though the name Jesus is never mentioned in this book, we do know that this is a book of wisdom, and wisdom is uh, is found in fearing the Lord. We get that all throughout the book, but specifically from Proverbs 1, verse 7. Now, as we get through throughout the book and get towards the end, we see that Solomon has written a number of, uh, of uh, chapters, and yet we get the words of Agar in chapter 30 and the words of King Lemuel in chapter 31. And it's in this final chapter, chapter 31, that we see two verses that I really want to focus on when it comes to evangelism. And those are Proverbs 31, verse 8 and 9. Uh, Look at these verses and here's what it shares. It says, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and the needy. Now, when I look at these verses, there are practical applications that deal with uh, justice among our or in our society and among those who are poor uh, and helpless and needy. And yet, these verses also drive home a spiritual application for us. And this is where we understand that the greatest way we can help someone, the greatest way we can serve, is by speaking the truth in love, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we should open our mouths so that those who are helpless, those who need salvation may hear it. We know that our greatest duty in this world is to the lost, to get them the gospel. So evangelism brings hope and freedom to those who are in bondage and in pain. And I want to give you three main aspects that we see from these verses. The first one is we need to look for those who are helpless. Now, evangelism divorced from works is not really good news. And what I mean by that is we can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that is the foundation for our salvation. We hear the gospel. But if our lives do not reflect that gospel, then the world is going to turn their back. They're not going to see people who truly believe what they say. And so we need our works, uh, our uh, our lifestyle to reflect the gospel. Now, works do not save you. Faith in Jesus Christ, grace through faith, is what saves us. And yet, if our works deny uh, the, the gospel we preach, and if our works are in contrast to the gospel we preach, then the gospel is no good to those around us because they won't believe it. So this is where we look for those who are helpless, and we try to serve them. We speak up for them. We walk with them through what they're doing. In fact, Jesus is our greatest example. In Matthew chapter 11, the Bible says that Jesus looks to the crowd and sees them uh, and that they are like sheep scattered without a shepherd. And he has compassion on them. He bowls over in grief for them, cries out, and he says, Come to me, verse 28, 
all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We need to look for those who are helpless in this life. And that's physical needs, absolutely. But more than that, spiritual needs. We need to look for those who spiritually are bankrupt and they need a Savior. We have been in that position. So our duty, our responsibility, our life should be focused on how can we reach those around us. And then we listen to the needs of the helpless. We stop and we ask, how can we uh, best explain the gospel in a way they'll understand it? How can we best help them? Can we feed them physically in order to nourish them spiritually? Many times there are people who will listen to us if we can meet a physical need. And so look for the spiritual needs. Listen to the the needs of those that you're walking with. And this is a very practical thing. Evangelism is not always just, just preaching the gospel, but many times it's building relationships with those who need love and need help. And this does not mean that we serve the greedy, but it does mean that we serve the needy. We serve those who uh, have just fallen on hard times, and we know that the gospel uh, builds out for every one of us a helping hand in order to reach those who are lost. So look for those who are helpless. Listen to the needs. Again, this says uh, that that you, you open your mouth for the mute. Well, there's the need there. They need somebody to speak out for them. And then we speak up. For the helpless, you look, you listen, but you speak. Now, again, there are uh, there are social justice, if I can use that term, uh, applications to this. And don't think um, uh, you know this this liberal sense of the word, but the gospel is both social in that it affects society around us. And the gospel brings justice. It it encourages those who have been hurt and been mistreated. And and so when we use that phrase, understand we're not talking about some uh, philosophy or ideology from a leftist or from a political standpoint. I mean that when it comes to the gospel, the gospel was the very first social justice movement. So don't, don't misunderstand me in any way. Um, we want to, though, provide uh, a a helping hand to those who are who are helpless, but also we speak up for those who are uh, are mute. We speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. And one of the greatest opportunities we have is to speak up for the unborn, to speak up for babies. We can speak up for the marginalized. We can speak up in the midst of minority issues. We can speak up for those who have been sold into sex trafficking. Uh, we have many opportunities as a church to provide a voice to the voiceless. But that that can uh, that that is a lifelong pursuit and goal to alleviate that type of pain but listen to me if that's all we do if churches spend all their time just dealing with those issues then then and and not focusing on the spiritual then we have missed the point of why we're here when we talk about speaking up for the helpless listen we've got to speak to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ We've got to speak for them to God. We pray to God on their behalf. And the truth is that in this passage, we see that we are told to judge righteously 
and to defend the needy. Now, listen, we have a judge who judges righteously, but that judge became our defense attorney. I want you to see that. We, we Jesus Christ was our judge as God himself. He was the offended party who judged the world. And yet, because the world is already condemned, Christ came to be our defense attorney. Where in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. And I want you to see the beauty of the gospel in this. Your greatest need, my greatest need, those in the world, their greatest need is not physical it is spiritual. They need forgiveness for their sins. They need a pardon. They need grace. And so when we see the, the responsibility we have to pray, to be a voice for them, pray to God, then to preach and proclaim the gospel to them, and then to defend now a new life in front of others that may try to try to come against them, we are walking in hope and freedom because evangelism brings hope and freedom. And so I want to remind you of that, that you may get caught up in your own world, in your own lifestyle, in your own uh, opinions about people, and, and maybe even in judgment and saying, well, they should be able to do this. Well, let's, let's, let's look in love at that moment. Maybe they've made a ton of mistakes. The greatest thing we can do is allow them as sheep without a shepherd to come to us as the body of Christ and for us to help shepherd them towards Christ. And we have to do so without judgment, with grace and with mercy, with love, because our judge became our defense attorney, our advocate. May we become an advocate likewise. Look for those who are helpless. Listen to their needs and then speak up for them. Speak to God on their behalf. Speak to them on God's behalf and speak to the world for justice. As we close out this episode from Proverbs, we want to look at our throwback Thursday, our moment in church history. And I don't know if there is a better correlation between evangelism, bringing hope and freedom to those who are needy, and the uh, the individual we're going to talk about today from the 13th century. His name is Francis Baradon, but you may know him better as St. Francis of Assisi in Italy. Francis was a knight of Assisi and actually was uh, in battle, would go out uh, and, and fight for Assisi, and he was captured in battle at one point, held as a prisoner of war. And when he came back home, uh, he was very wealthy. His father had a lot of resources, wealth, money, uh, and he was really set for life. But one day as he was traveling through, he saw a leper. And in previous times, lepers had just disgusted him, and he didn't like the sight of a leper. But in this particular day, especially after the, uh, the time that he had had for a year being held as a prisoner of war, he saw this leper, he looked at him, this helpless man, and uh, his own writings say that he saw the face of Christ. So he jumped down just in overwhelmed devotion to Christ. He jumped down, he kissed the beggar, he gave him money and took him with him to the destination that he was embarking on. Well, a little bit later in 1206, he left home and renounced his father's wealth. Remember, he was set for life and he renounced his father's wealth and dedicated himself to a life of poverty. His father actually disowned him because of this decision and said, you will amount to nothing. 
Well, Francis became this uh, this beggar himself, uh, asking for alms to give to others who were in worse shape than him. After a few years, he established what was known as the Franciscan Order because he gained followers. He and 11 other individuals went to Rome to seek out uh, authority from the Pope, papal authority, to establish this Franciscan order. Well, by 1218, so so within uh, 12 years of leaving home and renouncing his father's wealth, in 1218, after being told you will amount to nothing, he had 3,000 followers plus that were with him and had established that order. He would soon die in 1226, but his last words became some of the most important in Christendom. He said, I have done my duty. May Christ now teach you yours. Now, we know that there's a lot uh, even about the Franciscan order and St. Francis that even Martin Luther wrote against and railed against because uh, many had turned it into a works-based order where uh, faith plus works would equal salvation. Well, that is not the case. We know that salvation is only by grace through faith, and yet a faith that saves you is a faith that changes you. And St. Francis pushed that it is everyone's duty to seek out, as we talked about earlier, those who are helpless, those who are needy, and speak up for them, provide for them, help them as best we can to do our duty as Christ has taught us. And so my prayer for you today is, as you've heard the story of St. Francis of Assisi, that you would actually dive a little bit deeper, get to know him through books, and read a little bit more. And may we ask, how can we, following his example, actually turn our eyes to Jesus Christ, the one that we treasure above all? And we don't want to build monuments to men. We don't want to build followers of ourselves. But we do want to lead people closer to Christ. And one of the greatest ways is to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.